Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down week 17 of the NFL season with an episode that we call Buy or Sell. Basically, this is our all-encompassing preview. So whether you are playing season-long fantasy football, DFS, or hitting the player prop market, we have got you covered here on this episode. We're going to highlight some players that we think are going to overperform their expectations, meaning that you should start them on your season-long fantasy teams, you should play them in DFS, and you should um, hit the overs in the prop market. Those are going to be the players on our buy list. And then we're we're going to talk about the opposite. These guys that we think are going to underperform their expectations, um, they're going to be on the sell list. And these are these guys that you want to um, move to the bench in season long fantasy leagues. You want to not play in your DFS lineups on DraftKings and FanDuel. And then you also want to take the unders in the player prop market. Now, in my opinion, if you cannot tell, I'm very excited because week 17 is the pinnacle of playing fantasy football. Um, champions should be crowned. Money should be awarded. Bragging rights won and lost. Everything should come down to week 17 in fantasy football. I will die on that hill. Week 18 is incredibly fluky because you have teams that have clinched playoff spots. You've got you know guys that don't play the full game, that, that um, guys that sit out the games, and there's all kinds of no names that end up you know having really solid games and, and good for them, but it's terrible for crowning a champion or, or awarding any sort of money in fantasy football. And, and I don't think that season-long fantasy leagues should be playing in week 18, and I don't think that DFS should be structured in the same format in week 18 either. And, and, and I will die on that hill. So this is the week that gets me excited because this is the week where where, like I said, champions are going to be crowned, money's going to be awarded, bragging rights are going to be won and lost. It's going to be a fun week 17, and hopefully your league, like mine, is going to be deciding its champion this week. Now, over the course of the whole season, in, in all of my leagues, I did nine this season, and I'm in the championship in two of them, so um, I've got a chance to come home with two rings here this weekend. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to go two for two, even though in one of them, I am a massive underdog to the number one overall seed. Um, and then also, if you play best ball fantasy football, best ball league, best ball tournaments as well are ending here on this weekend. I am actually in one final of a best ball tournament um, on underdog. I made the finals of the Chihuahua tournament. Um, so that little $4 draft I did back in July, if everything breaks my way, I could end up turning that into $25,000 here this weekend. I have a mega Saints stack lineup with Derek Carr, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and Juwan Johnson in it. So if the Saints offense ends up going crazy, I'm going to be able to win myself some money there on that this weekend as well. All right, so enough with the introduction. We, we, we talked about how big of a week week 17 is. Um, quick reminder, um, we will be back for the week 18 show as well as through the rest of the NFL playoffs. Once we get to week 18, um, and really through the rest of the NFL playoffs, we're going to be looking at it from more of a daily fantasy DFS perspective from FanDuel and DraftKings because that's going to be more of what I am focusing my energy on because like I said, all of my leagues are deciding their champion this week. So hopefully you'll be able to come back to the podcast for that. Um, and also, if, you're, you know, if you've been with us for the entirety of NFL season and college football season, come back for the rest of the content at the start of the new year. We're still going to be covering college basketball as well as covering PGA Tour fantasy golf um, for the entirety of the PGA Tour season as well. So if you're listening on audio, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to the audio feed. That way you can come back for those episodes also. All right, that does it for the introduction, y'all. So let's go ahead and really now dive into the buy and sell list for week 17, starting with the quarterback position. All right, so the first quarterback going on the buy list for week 17 is going to be Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. Believe it or not, like 
Kyler's been deceptively good since he came back to the Cardinals this season. He's averaging 18 fantasy points per game since he's returned, and if you're looking at the game log in the matchups, he's played five good defenses out of those six games. He hasn't really had a really plus matchup for quarterbacks that he's played yet this season. And in fact, if you throw out the San Francisco and the Pittsburgh games, two games that um, I would consider like games you could throw out because one of them's against the best team in the NFL, the other was a game that had a three-hour weather delay in it, Kyler Murray has been over 18 fantasy points in every game, excluding those two, and he's averaging 20.4 fantasy points per game over his other four games. Now, this week, he draws Philly, who is a good defense on paper, but they are not great against the quarterback position. They currently rank 30th overall against quarterbacks, um, and so Kyler finally has his first like really good plus matchup. I really do not trust this Eagle secondary, and I really think that the way you move the ball on them is by throwing, and so I think everything aligns this week for Kyler Murray to take his already good play and elevate it to the next level with a really solid matchup against Philly. Now, I always do add on with the quarterbacks. I, you know, if you're playing DFS on DraftKings and FanDuel, you should always be stacking your quarterback with um, one of his pass catchers. Um, so every time I buy a quarterback, I do want to always buy one of their pass catchers. So my stacking partner for Kyler Murray is going to be tight end Trey McBride. Since Kyler Murray became the starter in Arizona, Trey McBride leads all tight ends in target share and yards per route run, which is no small feat. Um, and Really, I just think that he is the focal point of this offense now. They're playing without Hollywood Brown, which is what happened last week. And last week, Trey McBride had eight targets, and the top three wide receivers for Arizona combined for 12 targets. So in other words, out of 20 targets that went to the top four targets um, for this passing offense, Trey McBride had 40% of those. So um, I, I just really like what Trey McBride has been doing, and he's shown a really solid floor. He's had seven or more targets in every game that Kyler Murray started. So Trey McBride is my preferred stacking partner for Kyler Murray. If you are playing on DraftKings and FanDuel and you're looking to get somebody cheap, um, there are three starting wide receivers for the Cardinals that are going to be pretty cheap in Greg Dortch, Michael Wilson, and Rondale Moore. Um, so I think those are all playable as well, but I would prefer to just load them up with Trey McBride. The second quarterback on the buy list is going to be Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if you had told me back in September that I was going to be putting my fantasy championship hopes on the arm of Baker Mayfield, I probably wouldn't believe you, but in one of my leagues... I'm actually doing this. Baker Mayfield has been deceptively good over the last month of the season. He's been over 19 fantasy points in three straight games. And what I really like is that he played really well the last time against the Saints. He had 23.9 fantasy points earlier this season against the New Orleans Saints. And the New Orleans Saints defense has gotten worse since then. They are playing without Marshawn Lattimore, one of their best corners. And just last Thursday night, they gave up 23 fantasy points to Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams. So Baker Mayfield, Rolling the dice on him this week. Now, Baker's stacking partner is a little bit more complicated, though. So Mike Evans has been the most productive Bucks wide receiver over the entire season and, and specifically over uh, the last two months. Mike Evans has seen over 25 fantasy points in three of his last five games. Um... And New Orleans runs a lot of single high coverages, meaning they play a lot of coverages where they have one deep safety, which usually amounts to cover one or cover three. And against these coverages, Mike Evans averages 3.2 yards per route run, which is a really good number. Any yards per route run above two is considered really good. So Evans to be at 3.2 against single high is really impressive. But I do think there could be some regression coming for Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin also has deceptively good numbers over the last three weeks. 
In fact, in the last three games, Chris Godwin has Mike Evans beat in air yards, receiving yards, and first read target share, meaning when Baker drops back the pass, who's the first guy he looks for? He's been doing that more to Chris Godwin in the last three games than to Mike Evans. And in terms of total targets, Chris Godwin has actually out-targeted Mike Evans 32-12 to 12 in the last three games. Now, like I said, Evans has been the more productive player because Evans has gotten the touchdowns. Evans has caught a higher percent of his targets, but the volume and the workload has been there for Chris Godwin, and I could genuinely genuinely see either of these two pass catchers having themselves a big week here against the Saints. Now, if you are desperate, this is the section where if you need to find somebody off of waivers or if you are looking for somebody really cheap in DFS, you can, you know, scrounge the bottom of the barrel for these guys. The first, if you're desperate nom nominee is Jake Browning of the Cincinnati Bengals, who has started five games so far this season, two of which have been against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he has not played well against Pittsburgh. But the other three games, he's been over 23 fantasy points, and Kansas City is a fairly neutral matchup for quarterbacks. So uh, I definitely could see Jake Browning return turning to his successful ways and having a very successful performance against Kansas City. What I like about Browning also is if you play him in DFS, he has very clear stacking partners. If Jamar Chase is out, pretty much he is going to be looking T. Higgins' way more often than not, and so you can have a really simple Browning and Higgins stack that if Browning has any kind of success, you're going to have some success with T. Higgins. Jared Stidham is the second if you're desperate quarterback. Um, last season, he, he started two games um, for the, um, I believe it was the R Raiders, I think. I would have to go back and look that up. But what I do know is that last season, he did start those two games and had a performance of 10 fantasy points and a performance of 25 fantasy points. So Jared Stidham has shown the ability to be successful as a fantasy quarterback. And he's starting for the Denver Broncos this week over Russell Wilson. And he draws a great matchup against the LA Chargers, who are a bottom five defense against quarterbacks. So Jared Stidham does make my if you're desperate list this week. And if you're playing him in DFS, look, somebody got to catch passes for the Broncos. Cortland Sutton is out. And so the guys that are left remaining are possibly Jerry Judy, but he is questionable. Possibly Marvin Mims, but he is questionable. And then you have Brandon Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey who should be out there catching passes as well. I would not recommend playing them, you know, for a fantasy championship in a season long league. But if you're playing DFS and looking for somebody cheap, they will be out there running routes and catching passes. Now, on the sell list at the quarterback position, I only have one nominee, um, and that is going to be Tua Tagovailoa. He's just not been good over the second half of the season. He scored over 16 fantasy points in only one of his last five games, and I think this week the situation gets even worse. Baltimore currently ranks as the first toughest defense against quarterbacks on the season, and the Dolphins team around Tua is also the worst that it's ever been. There's injuries to multiple starting offensive linemen on this team, and there's also no Jalen Waddle this week for the Miami Dolphins. When you look back to last season, when Tua had only one of Hill or Waddle, he was not very successful. Well, this right now, he's going to only have Tyreek Hill and not Jalen Waddle. So um, against a tough defense in a bad situation, I have no faith in Tua Tagovailoa to have a good Sunday afternoon. All right, that does it for the quarterback positions. Let's go ahead and take a quick breather and then flip on over to the running backs. If you have been with us all season, you know that I tried to avoid the super duper obvious plays here on buy or sell because let's be honest, there's about 10 running backs and wide receivers that if you're playing season long fantasy football, they're in your lineups no matter what. If you're playing DFS, you are considering them for your lineups no matter what, right? Because they're just that good. Well, 
this week, I think there is one of those obvious plays that is so incredibly obvious and just such everything set up perfectly for them that I have to go out of my way to mention them. And I am playing against this guy in one of my fantasy championships this week, and I am terrified. And that guy is Christian McCaffrey. So to me, everything sets up perfectly for Christian McCaffrey this week. So Let's go ahead and just talk about the math on why I think Christian McCaffrey is just the perfect play this week. So first off, if you're playing season-long fantasy and you drafted him, congrats, because that, that ended up being the pick of the year, considering all of the landmines that were in round one of fantasy drafts. Christian McCaffrey has been the best running back on the season in fantasy football by about four fantasy points per game, which is pretty darn substantial when it's about... 20% better than the next running back. And that next running back, Kyron Williams, it has not even been available for every week like Christian McCaffrey has. So the gap that he has on the field is just insane. Now, mathematically, that supports playing Christian McCaffrey in DFS formats because in DFS where everybody has a salary, Christian McCaffrey has been about 20% better than everybody else. Well, he is not priced 20% more than every other running back. So mathematically, it would support you to just play Christian McCaffrey every single week and make the rest of your lineup work from there. But what I like about Christian McCaffrey this week is that the matchup and the situation are just so incredibly juicy, I can't pass up. And while I don't have Christian McCaffrey in either of my season-long fans, leagues, I am considering locking him into my DFS lineups and playing him every single lineup that I have this week. And that is not something that I do very often. So here's why the matchup against Washington is so great. Since firing their defensive coordinator, the Washington commanders have played two high safeties at the second highest rate in the league. Now, here's what that does. If you play a two high safety defense, that is like saying, I don't want to get beat deep over the top. So I'm going to put two guys deep. So that way I don't get beat deep over the top in the passing game, right? What it does is it removes a number from the box in the run game. And so instead of having a box that could be eight deep, with a safety in there, now there's only seven in the box. And, and against spread formations, that number could become even less than seven in the box. So what tends to happen is teams that play two high safeties a lot tend to get gashed in the run game, which is exactly what you saw from the New York Jets last week where Brees Hall broke off a long touchdown run against the Washington Commanders. It also plays into the running back being targeted more in the passing game because with two... Uh, two deep safeties being back, they're less inclined to throw the ball deep. And so what ends up happening is you see more checkdowns to running backs with the ability for them to get yardage after the catch and make a safety miss after the catch, as opposed to trying to beat them deep on the throw. So you're in a situation where you've got a defense that's playing two high safeties at an extraordinary rate and a guy that that their game sets up perfectly to take advantage of it. I just think that this is the perfect, perfect situation for Christian McCaffrey, and I cannot envision a scenario where he does not go off for at least 20 fantasy points this week. Now, while we're on the same subject, uh, the 49ers receivers have been a topic of conversation for us all season long, and Debo Samuel has incredible numbers against two high safeties because he is the type of guy where you find him on in the short and intermediate routes, you know, you let him make a guy miss, you're not trying to target Debo Samuel deep over the top of a defense. So Debo Samuel is also a guy who will get a boost, in my opinion, this week um, from playing against Washington's two high safety defense. Now, second running back on the buy list is going to be DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles. So 
last week, um, you could hear it on the broadcast that the fans in Chile or fans in Philly chanting, that was difficult to say, the fans in Philly were chanting to run the ball on the broadcast. Well, Nick Sirianni listened. He gave DeAndre Swift 20 total carries, which was his second highest number on the season, only to um, week two against Minnesota when he had 28. Um, and so if the Eagles go with this more run-heavy offense, you got to feel like it really does give an advantage to DeAndre Swift. And I honestly do seriously wonder what what would DeAndre Swift's fantasy numbers look like without the tush push? Like, if you could just take all of Jalen Hurts' one-yard rushing touchdowns and give them to DeAndre Swift, would he, in fact, be a top-five fantasy running back? I think you could make the argument that, yes, he would. And so, you know, what are the chances that there's just a week where DeAndre Swift gets in? from the one yard line. Like instead of getting tackled at the one or the two or the three that he just manages to finish that run and get in. I, I think that there's a chance that that happens against this Arizona defense because right now Arizona is the easiest matchup in all fantasy football for opposing running backs in their last five games. Arizona has surrendered the league's most rushing yards and the second highest number of explosive runs, which is big because if DeAndre Swift breaks off an explosive run, then he can finish it in the end zone as opposed to getting tackled at the one and giving another tush-push touchdown to Jalen Hurts. Also, we've talked about all season long how we like to play running backs on teams who are favored because it tends to lead to them being up in the game and playing more conservatively in the second half. Well, Philly is a big favorite, double-digit favorite, in fact, this week against Arizona, so everything lines up for DeAndre Swift. Now, at the running back position, if you are desperate, I've got two nominees, the first of which is Ezekiel Elliott of the New England Patriots. So we set this when Ramondre Stevenson went down, but if you could basically just combine Zeke's production and Ramondre's production into one running back, then that would be a very successful NFL fantasy football running back, right? And in two of the three games that Ramondre Stevenson has been injured, Zeke has done that. He's been over 20 fantasy points in two of the three games where he has been the starting running back. And I definitely like the chances of him to do that again against Buffalo, where the first time the Patriots played the Bills, Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson combined for 23.6 fantasy points in that game. So Zeke, with him getting all of the workload and all the carries with Ramondre Dre Stevenson being injured. I like his chances to go over that 20 number again and to approach that 23.6 number from the first matchup. The second running back on the if you're desperate list is kind of cut from the same cloth. Clyde Edwards Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. So again, we're looking at a situation where he's kind of the last running back left standing. Jarek McKinnon is currently on IR. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is in concussion protocol. I do not expect either of the two of them to play. In fact, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is even questionable for this game. I, I think he ends up playing, but if he doesn't, LaMichael Pirine, um, former Florida Gator, would be next up in line, and he would be the guy that I would kind of transfer my buy list over to. But I really do like Clyde Edwards Hilaire this week. As the last running back standing, um, I think the Chiefs running back role was a pretty lucrative role if he's going to be getting all of the carries and, and all the targets from that running back position. A Chiefs running back, you know, no matter who it is, has scored 20 fantasy points or more in three of the last five weeks, and I like the chances for them to make it four of six against the Cincinnati defense that is just okay against the run. But one thing I like about this Chiefs and Cincinnati game is that both of these teams rank in the top 10 in neutral pace, meaning that they are calling plays and executing plays at a faster rate, which results in there being more total plays in a game, which means more opportunities for scoring and fantasy scoring in a game. So if we've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire playing, I don't know, say 80 to 90% of the snaps in a game that's going to feature a lot of plays in a decent matchup on a good offense in Kansas City, I, I definitely like the chances of him scoring a lot of fantasy points. 
Now, on the sell list at the running back position is Tony Powered of the Dallas Cowboys. And look, I drafted Tony Powered in a lot of leagues this year. I've played Tony Powered in a lot of DFS this year. And it's not like I can point to a reason why he hasn't been better than he is. Because last season, he was this explosive playmaker who, who would rip off long runs and catch passes out the backfield. And he was electric to watch. He has not been that this year. Um, in fact, his efficiency numbers are going down, down, down as the season has gone on. He has not averaged more than four yards per carry in any of his last four games. And his total workload, which the workload has kind of salvaged his season because even though he hasn't been efficient, he's still gotten such a high number of carries and touchdowns and targets that's made him a fan viable player, but the workload is trending in the wrong direction. Now, he's had a combined 23 rushing attempts and four targets in the last two weeks, which is not good numbers. And oh, by the way, he plays the Detroit Lions this week, who currently rank as the toughest defense against running backs in fantasy football. So just everything aligns for Tony Power to not have a good week here in week 17. All right, that does it for the running backs. So let's go ahead and take a quick breather and then let's talk about some pass catchers. All right, so before we get started with the pass catchers, quick reminder that you can always get more information from me. First off, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm more than happy to answer any start sit questions that you may have, as well as any questions about you know DFS or anything like that. Um, I'm pretty much an open book on Twitter. I'll also tweet out any updates for the podcast um, as we continue with content through the rest of NFL season, college football season, college basketball season, and then the new upcoming PGA Tour season. We are also hosting a one-and-done PGA Tour golf fantasy league, so if you are interested in that, reach out to me um, on Twitter or check out the episode um, on the podcast feed or on the YouTube channel where we talked about it. Um, all the information and details are in there. Also, I'm in the Fantasy Corner Discord. Um, if you play NFL DFS um, and you're looking for people to talk DFS with, um, join the Fantasy Corner Discord. Link is in the description. We've got a lot of smart people in there who bounce ideas off each other, uh, and it's just a lot of fun, fun community to be a part of if you are playing DFS on DraftKings and FanDuel. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about these pass catchers. So as a reminder, I do, um, I did name some pass catchers in the quarterback segment. So um, I already talked about Trey McBride, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, T. Higgins, and Broncos wide receivers. So in addition to those guys, here are the guys who make the official buy list, independent of who's playing quarterback for them. First of which is going to be Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders. So he has been pretty much a disappointment in fantasy since Aiden O'Connell, aka AOC, took over. Um, in that span, Devontae Adams has had five games under 12 fantasy points, and he's really kind of just been like those have kind of killed your week if you're you know if you're playing Devontae Adams and you're getting those games where he's in single digits fantasy points, some of which have been like under five fantasy points. But there is a little bit of a bright side. There is a little bit of a ceiling there. There have been two games where he's played with AOC where he scored over 20 fantasy points. And I think this game against the Indianapolis Colts is a perfect recipe for another game over 20 fantasy points. The Colts run the highest rate of cover three of any team in the NFL. And this season, Devontae Adams has torn up cover three. He has a 33% target share against cover three with AOC under center and a 2.3 yards per route run against cover three. The Colts are also the team in the league that plays at the fastest new neutral tempo, meaning that Colts games, and you can look at, you know, what they've done this season, Colts games tend to turn in the shootouts because the Colts get off a lot of plays and they give up a lot of plays and more plays is going to lead to more points, especially when your defense isn't that good. And so I really like the fact that we're getting Devontae Adams against a team that runs a coverage that's a great matchup for him in an environment where he should get plenty of opportunities. I think this is a great recipe for Devontae Adams to have a good week. 
Next up on the buy list is Nico Collins. So this is a very specific set of circumstances, but it is happening again this week. Nico Collins has had a great season with the Houston Texans, but I think it could be even better with what we're looking at this week. So um, this week for the Texans, CJ Stroud is back healthy. Nico Collins is back healthy. Tank Dell is is still out. And, and Noah Brown is a part of the receiving core as well. Well, the last time that that exact lineup was out there was against Denver when you had Stroud in, Collins in, Brown in, um, and Tank Dell out. And in that game, Nico Collins had 12 targets, went for nine catches, 191 yards, and a touchdown, 34.1 PPR points, 37.1 points in DraftKings format. So um, massive week in that exact setup for for Nico Collins, and I think it could be another week for that this week. So I think that with Tank Dell out, Nico Collins is just going to see a lot of passes go his way, and it hasn't happened that way in either last two weeks because we haven't had a healthy C.J. Stroud. So now that C.J. Stroud is back and we get Nico Collins with this, you know, kind of depleted Texans receiving core, I think it's a formula to feed Nico Collins. And the matchup against Tennessee is just sublime for Nico Collins. Tennessee is a bottom five matchup to wide receivers overall this season. But even more specifically, Nico Collins lines up on the perimeter. He does not line up in the slot. And Tennessee has given up the second most yards to perimeter wide receivers in the last five games. They've also given up deep passes at a top five rate in the last five games. So I think this should be an absolute smash spot for Nico Collins taking on the Tennessee Titans. Now, if you are desperate at the wide receiver position, Rashid Shahid is a guy that I would go with. So Rashid Shahid had nine targets last week, and that makes it six games this season of six or more targets. Well, there are four games this season where Rashid Shahid has scored over 18 fantasy points. So you've got a guy that is probably available on waivers or is you know very cheap in DFS who has a legitimate ceiling and a legitimate proven track record of being able to get you 18 fantasy points. If you need like a big-time performance, I think you can call on Rashid Shahid because I think unlike a lot of guys who are out there um, at his price tag in on DraftKings and FanDuel and available on waivers like he most likely is, there's not a lot of guys out there that have a legitimate ceiling like Rashid Shahid does. So that is why he makes the buy list for it this week. Now, if you are really desperate... Somebody has to catch the ball for the Los Angeles Chargers. They do not have Josh Palmer or Keenan Allen this week. Um, and so you've got Quentin Johnston and, and Jalen Guyton, as well as Alex Erickson lining up there catching passes. So um, those three guys will be out there catching passes for the Chargers. Um, and um, I don't know if I will be playing any of them, but they're, they're all super cheap on DraftKings, and they might be worth it if you are playing DFS. Now, the sell list is kind of tough for wide receivers this week. I only got one of them, and it's going to be Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's very simple. When you look at the career game logs, Deontay Johnson does not have a lot of success with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. And that trend continued last week when he only had 3.5 fantasy points. So Deontay Johnson is a guy that I would be making sure to get out of my lineups, if at all possible, if playing on Fantasy Championship Sunday. Now, very quickly, I do want to buy three quick tight ends. And so, um, I, you know, I've talked about all season long how it's really difficult to sell a tight end because the position just has so little depth. Um, anyway, that, you know, pretty much anybody with a pulse and a starting roster spot and a decent quarterback is worth playing at the tight end position. So this week, there are three that I do want to buy. The first two are going to be quite simple. They're, they're volume-based plays. Chigakonkwo of the Tennessee Titans has been pretty good since Will Levis took over at quarterback. He's had six targets in three of the last four games. And Gerald Everett playing for the Chargers, you know, the team that I just mentioned has like no 
like really good receivers left. He's got eight targets three games in a row. Granted, those targets haven't really gone very deep or you know scored him a touchdown, but if you continue to get targets, it would stand a reason that you're going to continue to score fantasy points. So Chigakonkwo and Gerald Everett are two guys that I am buying this week because of what they've done in terms of their target share. Now, the last tight end I'm buying, though, is going to be Travis Kelsey. So I think that this is a perfect get-right spot for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that that Christmas Day game kind of serves as the wake-up call. And I, and I think that this game against Cincinnati is going to show us, are the Chiefs actually broken? Or are they the champions that we have seen them to be over the last five seasons? And are they going to be able to bounce back from this slump and contend in the playoffs this year in the AFC? And if you think the answer is yes to that question, which I do, then I think that it is Travis Kelsey time. Travis Kelsey has a very good history of playing well against these Cincinnati Bengals. In the AFC Championship game last year, Travis Kelsey had seven catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. That is 20.8 PPR fantasy points against the Cincinnati Bengals. And if the Chiefs are going to do it, it's not going to be thrown to those jabroni wide receivers that they have. It is going to be throwing the ball to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. It's going to be getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire involved in the run game. And so I just think that from a narrative-based perspective, it would not surprise me at all if Travis Kelsey goes off for a monster game here against the Bengals. I am outwardly saying it. It is not a statistically-based, merit-based argument. It is a narrative-based argument that I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get right on offense this weekend. I think it's going to come from targeting their superstar tight end in Travis Kelsey. All right, so that does it for the tight end position, and that does it for buy or sell for week 17. So like I said earlier, this is Fantasy Championship Week. So um, next week, we will be back with week 18 by ourselves. We will be back with... Um, you know, uh, previews for the NFL playoffs that will be more DFS oriented if you're playing DraftKings and FanDuel. But if you have joined us for this season, for the fantasy football season, um, I'm glad to have had you. I'm hopefully, um, I was able to give you guys a little bit of, of advice that you were able to take and use with a little bit of success. Um, and, and best of luck to everybody in their fantasy championships this weekend. Remember, go ahead and subscribe to the audio feed and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We are closing in on over almost 300 subscribers, almost 300 subscribers. Um, and that will be a pretty big milestone for us so hit that subscribe button if you have not already that way you can be notified when all of our content for the start of the year drops because remember we're going to be finishing up college football bowl season and then we're going to be talking college basketball dfs almost on a daily basis as well as talking about the pga tour season as it kicks off in january as well so you hit that subscribe button you'll be notified when all those episodes drop all right that does it for this week y'all so whether you are playing in a fantasy championship, whether you are playing DFS, whether you are hitting the player props market, or whether you are sweating it out in best ball this week, like like I know I will be, um, best of luck to everybody in week 17. Hopefully I was able to give you guys some information here in this episode that's either going to help you win your matchup or help you win some money. Thank you guys for listening to this point, and I will see you next time. Mm -hmm.